And it looks like we're live. Good morning, everybody. This is Make America Debate Again, my podcast that's also on Apple, Pot Play, Google something, or you guys know what time it is, wherever you can listen to podcasts. I'm here today with Andrew Mayer, and we're talking about Ilhan Omar. It's going to be an Ilhan Omar debate, free speech debate, and we'll talk about some other things. So Andrew Mayer has done a lot of things. I think he's worked for Cernovich News. He currently works for Culture, and I'm sure he's done a lot of other things. You can do your whole life intro. You got two minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, Andrew, for joining. Sure. Uh, first off, Andrew Meyer. I've been getting mayor oh, my. my whole life. Like I should, I should run at this point. Uh, I'm the mayor. <laughs> but uh, Andrew Meyer. Yeah, I've actually worked um, in a lot of places in alternative media. Uh, one thing I did was during the 2016 election, I was the editor in chief at We Are Change. So mm. a lot of people tried to pinpoint where is We Are Change on the political map at that point. A lot of people thought we were on the left. A lot of people thought we were on the right. My whole thing was to try and do unbiased coverage. The only thing everybody agreed on in that whole team, and it was like 20, 30 people uh, doing stuff at We Are Change, was that everybody saw Hillary Clinton was a warmonger. So that's the only thing everybody agreed on there. And yeah, I was the uh, host of Cernovich News. I did a lot of political writing on Cernovich.com. I'm editing and writing for Culture.com right now. That's Culture with three Ts. And I'm the Don't Taze Me Bro. A lot of people know me from that, the big uh, famous meme from back in the day. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done a lot. But one thing I wanted to say, we're going to get into this whole Ilhan Omar debate. A lot of the people I've worked with, Mike Cernovich, Ali, Luke Rudkowski, you can find SPLC articles, ADL hit pieces, trying to call these people anti-Semitic or white supremacists. So I have been defending people from the charge of anti-Semitism for years. I'm the last person to call somebody an anti-Semite. So if I'm waving the flag, hey, this person is uh, is has got some things, some red flags we should watch out for. Um, that's that's why I would call Ilhan Omar an anti-Semite because I actually see it. But let's get into the debate. Yeah. Wait. Oh, so you're the don't taste me, bro. That's actually you. That's actually me. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said before I just wrote the book. Oh, like you legit got tased, and you were like, "Don't taste me, bro." Yeah, I wrote the book about me and my experience <laughs> and how the media lied about me, how it started <laughs> with the path of exposing. That's funny. Now I'm gonna go watch that video after. That's hilarious. No, of course I remember that. So that's that's hilarious. Um, and that's awesome. Yeah, we are changed does a lot of good work, and they're they're deep divers. You know, they're matrix breakers, and they definitely lean more left or at least maybe question more things than conservatives but that's great and all of your work cultures doing an amazing job with three t's uh cernovich always does great work he always promoted me we'll hop into it because i agree with what you're saying as far as um a lot of people agree with you ilhan omar she's questionable you know and she's definitely um out there you know first she wore her head thing which is against the rule but they changed it and i'm all for religious freedom but i was like you know it's like how much noise you're gonna make as far as bang 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 i don't specifically trust her but i guess where we disagree why we're debating is i don't know that anything that she said that everyone said is anti-semitic is anti-semitic but i have it doesn't mean i'm like a number one fan of her um i guess politics yeah, I actually don't think a lot of what she said on the surface is as anti-Semitic as people think. And we'll get into that. There's a lot of talk about anti-Semitic tropes and whether what she said is an anti-Semitic trope. But the way I look at it is a lot like what you decide to cover 
is what you really think. Like CNN doesn't out, come out and say, Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. He's a Russian asset. He works for Vladimir Putin. CNN doesn't say that, but they'll cover stories that imply that all day. They'll bring on people that have those opinions. And so Ilhan Omar might use neutral language with how she's calling out Israel, but we'll get into it. This is, as Mike Cernovich has called it, a case of the dog that didn't bark. And that's a famous thing from a Sherlock Holmes novel, I believe, where he solved the murder where, because a dog didn't bark at the murderer because the dog had known him. So knowing when someone doesn't, uh, what they don't talk about and what they do talk about reveals what they actually believe. And so I can show you lots of evidence, we'll get into it, where there's things that she doesn't speak out about, but about Israel, she'll talk about it. Or about uh, how it has to do with Jews, she'll talk about it. But everywhere else, she's silent. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, so I think on the the left wing i'm i'm pro free speech obviously threats and like literal like um things that are against the law as far as threatening someone's life or something i think they should take uh, action on that social media sites and honestly they could do a little censorship if it actually made sense like if they had guides and guidelines that applied to everybody i would be okay with it but it's like you can't change you could you can't say gender like they're so far gone you get it anyway uh so the left makes the the case when they want to censor people, they say it's a dog whistle. You know, Trump's not a white nationalist. He just hangs out with them and likes them. So you're going even further than that, I'm thinking. And you're saying it's not even a dog whistle. It's the dog that didn't bark. So it's like the dog whistle before the dog whistle. To me, it my thought process is it seems like a reach. And also there's so much stuff going on that if we focus on things that aren't there, it becomes a distraction. And also it doesn't get to the point. Like if she truly has hate in her heart and a bad agenda, I'm not sure that the dog whistle before the dog whistle is going to be our best uh, fight. Well, let's talk about all the things she's not talking about then. Let me make the case for why it's very glaring, the things she doesn't talk about. Because there's two main areas where she has interest in talking about Israel. Uh, one is influence. So if you look at influence, you know, Mike Cernovich just dropped a documentary. It's coming out soon called Blood Money, talking all about the influence of Qatar. Qatar has funded both sides of the political aisle. So on the left, places like AJ+, Plus, which is just Al Jazeera rebranded, places mm -hmm. like the Young Turks, those are very far left news outlets, propaganda that's funded by Qatar. And then on mm -hmm. the right, you have places like The Bulwark. That's the new Never Trumper site that's coming out. That's funded by Qatar. The Brookings Institute is supposed to be a conservative outlet. That's funded by Qatar. And mm. this isn't just them putting out news. If you watch Blood Money, I've seen um, some of the guys that are featured in the movie, and they're talking about how the news, the propaganda put out by Qatar, it helped lead to things like the Arab Spring. It helped lead to things like the Obama administration calling, uh, talking about moderate rebels which were actually people like Al-Qaeda doing terrorism. So this propaganda and influence from that, and that's just one country, that's just Qatar, where she's not calling out Qatar. You look at her, look at look for her tweets about Qatar. Mm. How, how much is she talking about Qatar? And I want to go through example after example where it's very obvious that she's only focused on one set of people, on one country. And yeah. why is that? 
No, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Katara Cutter, everyone always says I pronounced it wrong, so I'm just going to drop it now. But uh, Al Jazeera, it's state-funded by Cutter. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't looked into the Young Turks, but I'm not the biggest fan, so I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, you have China, who not only has massive influence over Hollywood, the media, but also you know Confucius schools, education system. There are absolutely a lot of countries that are um, influencing our elections or whatever they want to say, media, that's not Russia. However, I do find like Israel seems to be the place that you can't criticize. So I agree a thousand percent. And I, I obviously know she's not talking about that. She won't talk about Hamas. She won't talk about CAIR. Of course, it's because it's a lot. It's a lot closer to home for her. However, I do find it refreshing or at least interesting when she says like, or what is, was it? Um, uh, APAC and people were like, whoa, don't go there. And I was like, why is American Israel, um, you know, political action committee, which is fine. I'm not saying you have to blame them for everything, but if she says it and they're like, don't say that if you could talk about the NRA, you could talk about all this stuff that I agree isn't being talked about. Why can't you, why can't you suggest that APAC has influence over politicians? I actually agree with that. My personal positions, I'm against all infringement of free speech. I don't think you should be demonized for talking about a certain issue. I don't think that you should even pass laws like they're, they're trying to make laws to make it illegal to boycott Israel. I'm against those laws. I'm also against boycotting Israel. And I think the reason she wants to boycott Israel, as we'll get into it, is very clear. But I don't want people to make laws where you can't criticize Israel. I don't want people to make laws where you can't boycott Israel. And I don't want people to be actually demonized for criticizing Israel. I think that's fine. And there's a lot of people on the left. I don't have a problem with with Glenn Greenwald criticizing Israel or Michael Tracy criticizing Israel. Where mm. I have a problem is when I look at somebody and you can feel out a certain vibe, okay? People put out certain vibes and we can get into the history and where that's coming from with Ilhan Omar. She puts out a certain vibe that I want to talk about that to me, it's very clear. She's an actual anti-Semite. And I don't use that card. I don't want to, I don't want to over talk, but you know, I know you know Roseanne. Okay. One of the first interactions I had with a major influencer on Twitter was I saw Roseanne talking about anti-Semitism. And I'm like, and I said to Roseanne, what anti-Semitism in, in this mm. day and age, where is there anti-Semitism? I wasn't seeing it. And there's, this is a few years ago. I wasn't seeing anti-Semitism anywhere. And now you could say there's a lot more of it. I actually defend a lot of the people some people think are anti-Semites, but Ilhan Omar, we have a lot to talk about because it's, to me, it's very clear she is an anti-Semite. And first off, I want to say respect for calling all that stuff out because I agree. Like I, I, when I found out it was illegal to boycott Israel in certain places, this is stuff that's not really close to me. I've never really researched too much about it before like this last month, but I was like, why would there be laws against that? And when people like you come out and say that stuff, and even Roseanne, she's such a matrix breaker where of course she loves her people, but she's willing to go the distance on a lot of topics. That in my personal opinion and perspective, knocks anti-semitism down it's the same with any race like if if you are cool and you reach across the aisle people are like oh for sure you know even like black and stuff where people they try to talk too much and say racism sexism xenophobia where i, I feel like the reason even with ilhan omar using that broadly and and you could say that you think she is outwardly that's fine i guess my big beef was when people were like dude shut it down we need a resolution to pass and i was like bro guys if if you're not even allowed to stay APAC, that's actually going to raise more anti-Semitism because now people, instead of being like, oh, 
Jewish people are doing really well, but uh, you know, they're holding it down. They're like, whoa, you can't like, you know, they got um, what's his name? I was 21 Savage who raps about everything under the sun. He apologized for saying getting money like I'm Jewish. So it does seem that it's getting in this class of like protected, don't talk about it. Uh, but we'll we'll get into it. I don't disagree that Ilhan Omar, I don't particularly think she's pro-America. You know, I think she's probably not the biggest fan of the country that she's serving as well as Israel. But I guess how to deal with that is where maybe we'll, we will agree. We'll see. But that's that's my big thing. And I'm like, dude, don't go there. Like, don't start passing speech laws in the name of Israel, because also that speech resolution thing they passed, although it probably doesn't do much, it protected her as well. It was like more protection for her. is anti-Islam, anti-immigrant. It was like, what? Yeah, I absolutely don't want, I'll say again, I want zero speech laws saying that you can't criticize Jews like they have in the UK and all over Europe. If you criticize a lot of the Muslim migrants, they lock people up for Facebook posts for doing criti uh, for criticizing people like that. So I want zero laws like that. Nobody should go to prison for their criticism. That mm. is absolutely insane. But I will say, why is it that it's such a protected class? And I think, obviously, there's a lobby inside of Israel. This is not everybody in Israel, but there's a big part of the Israeli establishment that is militaristic. And so they want war in Syria. If you Have you ever heard of Genie Energy? Uh, it sounds familiar, but yeah. Not so there's, a, there's a company, uh, Cheney's a part of it. A lot of big people, big name people like Dick Cheney are a part of it where they want to get the, I believe, natural gas out of the Golan Heights. Okay. And so it's like Halliburton mixed with them or, or just off? I don't, know, I don't know off the cuff if Halliburton oh. is, is part of the game there. I wouldn't be surprised, but I know Dick Cheney personally – I think even Rupert Murdoch has a piece of the company. He's the owner of Fox News for people that are part owner of Fox News for people that don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they want to do conquest some of the militaristic people and they use Israel as a wedge for that. And so when people are over the top protecting Israel, a lot of times what they're protecting is a militaristic agenda that they've cloaked with Israel because there's a lot of people in America that give a lot of money. A lot of Jews give money to the Democrats, the Republicans, and they do have an interest in Israel because the Holocaust did happen and they want to have a homeland where Jews could always go to. And so they might be overprotective of Jews, but people like Cheney are cloaking Israel. They're using Israel as a, as a way to cloak their militaristic endeavors. And so, oh, don't criticize anything that Israel's doing, not even these militaristic wars like going after Syria so they could get the gas out of the Golan Heights because then you're against Jews and you're anti-Semitic. So I'm totally against any kind of speech laws again. And I think a lot of what they're doing in that area is to try and protect those military en endeavors for profit. Yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought that stuff up because a, a lot of that is, you know, there is a war agenda. I, and I don't know to what specifics as far as like why we do all this stuff in Syria and Libya. But, you know, I've talked about a lot where it's like there's has to be a bigger agenda because militaristically for the United States doesn't make sense. So either it's for money or it's for another country or we're getting lied to, as you were saying earlier, by other foreign influence in our media and our that's what every you know nation's dream is to subvert us from the inside. Um, thank you for the super chat, by the way, I want to say X uh hxtr so yeah i guess it's just like 
where do we draw the line? Because I do feel like obviously there's historical stuff when it comes to the Jewish community and also Israel, but it does seem like the Jewish victim card is so bananas to the point where I'm going to reference a few things. Netanyahu's son um, made a funny George Soros post where it was like, um, it was like an alien puppeting someone, puppeting George Soros, puppeting someone. It was a pretty bold meme, I'm not going to lie. And uh, they called him anti-Semitic, even though he's the leader of Israel's son, which is the most bananas, awful anti-Semitic claim I've ever seen. So f I'm actually glad it happened because it's hilarious. But um, it's like, so you, if you criticize George Soros, you're anti-Semitic. You have, you know, Greenblatt from uh, the ADL saying, you know, every, oh man, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. But then you also have like, APAC, uh, anti-Semitism, it's all about the Benjamins, anti-Semitism, complimenting a Jewish person, anti-Semitism. So, you know, here I preach self-accountability, self-responsibility. Of course, you know, you don't want the world to come down on you, but sometimes the best way is um, self-accountability and self-responsibility and also not conflating terms as far as like, I hear what you're saying, but it seems like that's not what anyone else is saying. And maybe that where it's like, they're like, no, that's anti-Semitic anti talk. And I'm like, so you're going to pass a resolution? Like, yeah, we can't have her saying that in Congress. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you know, like we can't have her doing bad things in Congress. That's what we can't have. We can't have, but she's kind of like a Trump in a way and an AOC where they're totally different people. But they're like the symptom as far as like, oh, we have a problem. Like, yeah, our people are sold out. Nancy Pelosi even said she's like, if our capital crumbles, we'll stand with Israel. And it's like, why would you even say that our capital would crumble as she's crumbling the capital? It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, there's a lot of different agendas at play with Israel and with anti-Semitism. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has no allegiance to America. She'd be happy if America was destroyed. But when it comes to Israel, she gets a lot of money from the military industrial complex like Northrop Grumman, um, which is a military industrial contractor. The federal government gives them money to make weapons. OK, she gets money from them. So she she wants Israel to keep getting federal money because that money Israel gets goes to contractors like Northrop Grumman, which pays her. So Israel is part has become part of the military industrial complex. And so, yeah, they're going to protect that. But it's an agenda on with different sides. You know, there's again, the, the militaristic people on the right, like uh, Netanyahu, who I'm not the biggest fan of, by the way, but at least he's a nationalist. So he's got some good and some bad. But you've got, again, people like George Soros. Oh, you can't criticize him because that's anti-Semitic. So people... You know, it's a big card to play calling somebody an anti-Semite. That's why they set up this whole organization, the ADL, just to call people anti-Semitic to try and destroy them because it's a big card to play that. But the ADL, I've been, I've been calling them out since I was a kid. They're one of my biggest enemies because what they do is literally create anti-Semites by calling people that when they're not, just to destroy them politically. So I, absolutely. Think, I think the ADL is absolutely disgusting. And as far as having the conversation... I think it's good that people are talking about, you know, what's the good that Israel's doing? What's the bad that Israel's doing? What's the what's the positives in the Jewish community? What's the negatives in the Jewish community? Because without that conversation, it's hard for people to grow. And I don't want the conversation to be stifled because if you talk about it, you're an anti-Semite. And so there's a lot of people having this conversation. Some people I want to I want to talk to them and, you know, bring reel them in a little bit because once something has become so taboo, then you really want to talk about it because it's like, you can't stop me from talking about this and I'm going to go even further. 
But so I just I want to continue the conversation. I think it's good and healthy. I just you know there's there's a whole lot going on and there's a whole lot of misinformation and people trying to subvert their own agendas into what's going on. Yeah, no, I, we agree on a lot because I'm not a huge fan of her. Like I'm I'm not like in the closet where it turns off and I'm like, dude, she's the best thing ever. Like I really <laughs> I really don't I don't trust her at all with this country or any yeah. other one. Um, but I guess. Even online, I cringe. I was getting so annoyed last week because all these people that I love and that I consider myself somewhat aligned with, I'm like, at the end of the day, they're gonna stand up for this country when when the time needs to be, whether it's speech or something. And I had so many people that were rolling the ball on that speech laws and also like condemning her, where it just seemed like the left wing shifted to the right wing, where it was like racist, bigot, sexist, xenophobic, like you know, anti-Semitic and you get it as far as anti-Semitism rises when you can't criticize and when people do bad things, or at least you can't separate the good from the bad. I have too many Jewish friends who know all this stuff. So I, I already know it's not everybody, you know, cause some people freak out and they're like, Oh my God, it's everyone. It's like, no, there's like, you're talking against the ADL. Like Roseanne is no problem calling certain people out. I have friends that are like, dude, it's all. And then there's also far left Jewish people like, right. Is Glenn Greenwald. I'll say he's, progressive or whatever but i think he's jewish and there's you know many others who i don't even think they like israel you know there's like a whole a whole diversity like in any community but i feel like with ilhan and even with aoc i agree with all conservatives like yeah she's awful i i cringe just like listening to her talk it's getting to the point where i'm just like so annoyed by even listening to her however I guess where we differ is like, how do you deal with that? Because what I'm afraid is, is if, if people just say bigoted or even anti-Semitic, like what specifically is anti-Semitic? And also then if she's a threat to all Jewish people in the world, how do we stop that? And I feel like saying, even just saying anti-Semitic or, or throwing certain things on it is unhelpful. Like why is, why do I think someone's racist? Why do I think they're sexist? What, what does that mean? What is that going to do? To so you know what what do you think about that like what exactly is the threat and how do you deal with that because it's like if it is true anti-Semitism or anti-racism then there there's a reason that you're so con concerned and honestly there's a reason that like everyone seems pretty concerned. Okay, so you threw a lot out there. I want to get to why what is actual anti-Semitism, what she makes, uh, what makes her a threat. I want to get to that a little bit later. But you you named a couple of other things that people. They're sensing it in their consciousness, but they're not really fleshing it out. So you're calling this out, and I want to I want to talk about it. So the left is really good at calling out what America has done wrong. Okay, I used to be on the left for that reason because no one on, on the right was talking about how America used to go into countries like El Salvador, completely wreck the place, fund actual like like uh, death squads, do terrible things. No one would call that out except people on the left, it seemed, for a long time. So the left mm -hmm. is very good at calling out, like, for example, in Venezuela just now, Glenn Greenwald was all over calling out, uh, I don't believe that Maduro burned the aid that was sent mm -hmm. in by the U.S. and that it was a fake story. Although there's people now on the right, like me and Mike Cernovich, that also call that out. Although I, I don't even say I'm really I'm on the right. I call myself a moderate or an independent. But anyway, mm -hmm. there's, there's also people on the right calling that out now. But on the left... People have been really good about calling that stuff out, but they're very bad about solutions. What they would actually put in place is very dangerous. So, for example, in Venezuela, I talked to Abby Martin on uh, Twitter for a long time about what was going on with Maduro. 
And she tried to defend Maduro, say they were having real elections. Meanwhile, she was funded by Telesur, which is paid by Maduro. So she just she saw so much of what America did wrong that she came to hate America and see whatever America, whoever America's enemy is, they must be virtuous. And so Maduro did a lot wrong. He's he's a dictator and they're eating, you know, animals there because essentially the country is starving because of how much he's done wrong. He's not good because he's America's enemy. And a lot of people on the left, they don't get that, that just because someone's against America and America has done wrong, that doesn't make them good. Maduro mm. is evil. Castro in Cuba was evil. You know, there's there's a lot that people don't see on the left as far as, okay, just because someone was against America's wars, that doesn't make them good. And we actually should be working to fix America, not, you know, no, not communism. Dude, that's music to my ears because, like, that's probably why you like my videos and hit me up too because a lot of people don't get that. And progressives, like you said, the Abby Martins, that whole wing, Glenn Greenwald, when they're on, they're on. They do some work that no one's doing. And it's very important and it's very real and it's very concerning I love Glenn Greenwald, Abby Martin, and then when they do that stuff, the Jimmy Doris and stuff. But like you said, dude, the most frustrating part is they have no common sense or like love for their country switch where it's like they just assume everything that isn't like is great. So it's like we're going to do that. But then they're always for like open borders or like nonstop immigration or where it's like, guys, there's you don't have any sort of like, hey, Let's not do regime change wars. That's why I'm I'm kind of in your zone where it's like I think right is better for our country as far as like not letting the government have all the money, power and control. But, uh, you know, there's other people on the new right or the Trump right that actually understand that. Some don't. There's the neocons. There's also the like wishy-washy people. But there's a huge group where I'm like, you don't have to do that and be left. That's why I don't mess with progressives anymore in the sense of like they do some good work, but they go for lack of a better term, full retard when it comes to like everything, like domestically, like everything. It's like, yeah, bring in ice. Like just because we we funded rebels and I, them doesn't mean we should bring them back to our country. And they don't they never actually understand that. It's the most annoying thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's those are great points too. Like it's because they're so anti-America. They're like, well, these don't downtrodden immigrants, they're downtrodden by America, so they should get to come to America. It's like, no, that would destroy America. It'd be bad for everybody. Oh, these these uh, you know, people in the Syria, they had a bad time because of America. Bring them to America. No, yeah. there's a lot of them that would kill people. That's bad for everybody. Everybody's mm -hmm. gotta have their own space, which is uh why it's good to have Israel, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I want to talk about even the, the anti-Semitism of Ilhan Omar. I understand that it's like a dog whistle before a dog whistle, but do, do you think I have a point as far as like calling those words anti-Semitism? Because you were saying speech laws, but even just that that label has been, I'm not saying not to use it ever, but how do we, what, how do we get to the point? Because right now I see her getting bigger, uh, Trump's getting bigger, uh, you know, um, Cortez is getting bigger where it's like, ah, like none of these strategies are really working. And, and it's also gaining her a lot of favor, even on the right, where they're like, dude, guys, that's not anti-Semitic. Well, there's a the, the problem with a lot of what's going on is people are very badly educated. That's why I'm doing this podcast with you right now is because there's so much not being discussed. Fox News is not the right wing news. Their corporate news 
also meant to divide and conquer America for the benefit of very rich people and not to help anybody. And mm. too many people don't get that. Trump is like a cult of personality where people see problems wrong with America and they're like, oh, Trump is the answer because he's saying some things that I like, but they don't really know all of the, the issues going on. And it's the same with AOC and it's the same with Ilhan Omar, where Ilhan Omar, all she's done that is correct is to say, yeah, Israel is not perfect. And that, that statement to so many people is like, oh, blasphemous. You can't say anything about Israel. I actually am happy for people to have the conversation. When Owen Benjamin has conversations about Jews and about Israel, I'm happy he's having that conversation. Although I'd like to talk to him about a couple of things he said. But I'm happy for, <laughs> I'm happy for that conversation to go on because it's important. But Ilhan Omar personally, now let me make the case. This is what she's not calling out. And I know that she knows all of this because she's clearly not an idiot. She doesn't come out and say, I hate Jews, I hate Israel. She used very political language to try and be politically correct because she's smart. She, she's not an idiot. She knows what she's doing. So here's what she knows that she doesn't talk about. Saudi Arabia gave $25 million to Hillary Clinton. Saudi Arabia, uh, one of their princes, Alawi bin Talal, he owns a piece of Fox News. He owns mm -hmm. a piece of Twitter. Okay? So the Saudis, if you want to talk about Israeli influence, which is what her point was, she doesn't talk about Qatar. She doesn't talk about Saudi Arabia nearly as much as she talks about Israel. And mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia also wants war with Iran. Uh, I mean, also wants war with Syria because they want to take down Iran. There's two major factions fighting for, you know, Islamic supremacy in the Middle East. There's Saudi Arabia. They want to have a caliphate. In Iran, they want to have a caliphate. And Iran is allied with Syria, and Saudi Arabia is aligned with Israel, actually. And mm. so those factions are going to war. And Ilhan Omar knows this, but she's not as concerned with Saudi Arabia and their influence as she is with Israel, because to her, at least they're Muslim. And I can keep going through examples. I'd like to, if you don't mind, go yeah, through a couple more examples. So she obviously, one of her issues, whether she vocalizes it or not, is she sees Israel as uh, oppressing the Palestinian Muslims. That's one of her issues for sure. But I looked up her Twitter. How many times has she called out China? Because in China, one million Uyghur Muslims, and I'm probably saying that word wrong, just Uyghur, whatever, but one million ethnic Uyghur Muslims are essentially in concentration or re-education camps in China right now. One million. And how many times has Ilhan Omar tweeted about that? One time. One time she tweeted about that. How much does she talk about? One million Muslims. And I have her actual tweet. I want to read this. Uh, the level – hold on. This is the tweet that she's talking about. She said, uh, from Human Rights Watch, China is abusing rights in uh, Xinjiang on a massive scale. 13 million people subjected to forced political indoctrination and mass surveillance – Estimated 1 million people in political education camps, a million plus officials and police officers monitor people. And so she wrote about that. The level of disdain and hostility towards Muslims in China is alarming. Please share and make sure we are bringing this issue to the forefront. Human rights. Okay, so it's, it's so uh, alarming that 1 million Muslims are being oppressed in China that she tweeted about it a whole one time. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Now, thank you for that. That was all good stuff. And I, I agree. People like her and even Farrakhan, they like Iran because they consider Iran, I believe, the real 
Muslim caliphate where Saudi Arabia is the fake one working with Israel, just kind of fucking everything up to be, you know, like they're just running around screwing up. So a lot of Muslims are like, that's not the real caliphate. Um, so no, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. And she suffers from what uh, all leftists suffer from is they're more concerned about destroying America and in this case, Israel, than they are with actually solving the problem. So that's every leftist's problem. They're not trying to evolve America like they think they are, but they're like, they're just burying themselves. Like they're like, I'm so sorry for these wars. So like, please put the hurt on me. We're like, we're like, guys, let's fix all that. Let's help those people. But let's not throw our baby out with the bathwater too. And she's a leftist Muslim. So I don't disagree at all. She's absolutely has an Islamic agenda. She absolutely likes Iran, probably doesn't talk about Saudi Arabia. But this is, I believe, how you solve it. If everybody, every politician, every from Trump to Dan Crenshaw to even Nancy Pelosi, all these people, if they said that, that would be like music to my ears. I think that's the answer is like, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about Hamas, C-A-I-R? Why aren't you talking about China? Why aren't you talking about Saudi Arabia? Why aren't you talking about Muslim? Because the, the answer is, and you nailed it, probably why you're annoyed is they don't actually care about Muslims. You know, it's like the left, they don't care about women or children. They just pretend to, and they put an anti-America agenda behind it. But it's really like they're all these like spite and all these bad uh, emotions that they're very hateful for, but they don't care about the big picture. That's a thousand percent what it is. But I guess my question, and probably it's just pure incompetence in politics, but uh, why can't people like be like you and just say, talk about this stuff as opposed to, we're going to condemn that type of rhetoric could not be put in. I was like, guys, we started wars. We funded, we've like given people like STDs in other countries. And I'm drawing the line at APAC. Like that's the part where I'm like, no, you, you lost me, chief. But like you said about they don't care about Muslims, they don't care about Jews, they don't care about anything except money and power. And so they again, they want to protect the expansionist wars like going into the Golan Heights for natural gas, genie energy. That's on their agenda. It makes them money. It's 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 military industrial weaponry, uh, oil and gas. That's the stuff they care about because that's their power. That's their money. They don't care about Jews. They don't care about Muslims. They know that that calling people anti-Semite and saying you can't talk about that, they know it makes anti-Semites. They know that that happens. That's a well-documented phenomenon at this point, but they still do it. They don't care about Jews. They just want some kind of political bludgeon to get their military uh, agenda across. And so- So you think they're using Jewish people and even the Jewish agenda to push their political agenda? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's what I wish more people would understand. That it's just like there. It's not Jews pulling the strings. It, although there is a, a large contingent of the Illuminati, you know, the Rothschilds and a lot of the banking family yeah. that are Jews. But it's not Jews pulling the strings. Jews are are it's just another uh, political car, Trump card that they use to get through their agenda. That's why. Do you think that Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton think that bringing a million Middle East migrants to the U.S. would be good for Jews? I mean, in France, where they brought in all these Muslim migrants, now the Jews are having to move because the migrants to France, these uh, radical Muslims, a lot of them, are killing Jews, hate Jews, and they brought them to France. Do you think that they did that to help Jews? No, they don't mm. care about Jews. They did that to destabilize France and make it you know, a nation where the oligarchs can completely dominate 
everybody at the bottom. They don't want a middle class in France. They don't want a middle class in America. And so mm. it's, it, they're not doing it to help Jews. They're doing it because the globalist plan is they want to militarily dominate everywhere on the earth. And then they have their select class of people, which, yes, does include people like the Rothschilds who are Jews and um, a lot of the banking families who are Jews. But it also includes the Rockefellers who are not Jews. It also includes Bill Gates, who is not a Jew, Warren Buffett, who is not a Jew. That's a lot of, a big problem I have because people say, oh, we can't talk about Jews. Obviously, they're controlling it. No, <laughs> that's just a card being played by the globalists that include a lot of people. And, all, and this is another thing you brought up earlier, the diversity of Jews. A lot of these people on the left, like Glenn Greenwald, et cetera, on the left, those type of people are generally atheists. They might have had Jewish parents or Jewish forebears, but they don't, they're not, they don't believe in God. You know what I mean? And then when you get to the level of people like Soros and the Rothschilds, those people might have forebears that are Jewish, but they're Satanists. They literally believe in Satan. They literally try and connect to Satan. I kid you not. There's mm. lots of evidence of this. And it's not just all Jews. So like when Farrakhan is talking about the satanic Jews, yeah. like, all right, fine. That's that's technically accurate in re in regards to Rothschild, who is, has Jewish forebears. Yes, Let's and, get it. And, try, and tries to connect to Satan. That's true. But there's also satanic, you know, what do you want to call them? What should we call the Rockefellers who have Christian ancestors but believe in Satan? Are Let's they call them white Christians? devils. Let, let's hit them with a white devil. <laughs> Yeah, right. The white devil. Hilarious. People are like, "What if they called your people white devils?" I'm like, "Well, are they devils? Then call them that." I think it's hilarious. Thank you for saying that, brother, because I agree. He when he says that, it's true. And no, I don't think George Soros cares about Jews. I don't think he cares about Israel. Honestly, I think I'm I'm sure he'd knock down Israel in a second for a couple bill or you know. And uh, that's the part that uh, a lot I've been doing research because honestly, once I learned a few things, I was like, "Wow, I never." What really took me out to the Jewish thing was like when people would be like, no, 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 I'm not white, I'm Jewish. And I was always just like, oh, I thought they identified as white. But then I was like, it's interesting because then it's like you can play a white while convenient card where it's like, hey, and I understand it's like playing your card where it's like, hey, I'm white. But then it's like when it when it's white, ah, and I'm not white now. Like, and it, I get the whole vibe, but it made me be like, well, but there's also a lot of Jewish patriots who love this country and love Israel. There's a lot of Jews who don't like Israel at all. Like a lot of the left-wing Jews, I don't. I think they're kind of uh, very self-hateful, like leftist Americans, where they're like, "Oh, we're like I have I have Jewish friends that are like, ah, like we've we've really done it this time, you know." No, it's like, dude, it's yeah. all good, man. Like, so there is that element. That there's definitely there's definitely good and bad people in every race, religion, and gender. And I think with the Jews, they're so um, so many are maybe unwilling to talk about it on a big scale, like you people like you that just hit it hard and be like, you could say that that lowers anti-Semitism 1000%. And uh, my thing is, I agree. It's not good for Israel. It's not good for America. So for whoever's behind it, and it's, it is like certain Jewish families, certain Jewish influence in the media, certain white influence. Now every everybody has a piece. It's, it's China. It is Russia. Not the way they say it is, but it is Russia. Just not with the Trump collusion thing. It is uh, Saudi Arabia. It is Qatar. It is the Islamic agenda. There's people who even Farrakhan, you know, I agree with him on a lot of things because he'll just say it. But I, his agenda is not my agenda. I absolutely he said he thinks Iran is the perfect uh, caliphate country. So I'm not like people think I love Farrakhan. Like I'm like Muslim uh, brotherhood. Or, I'm like, no, I just 
think he's saying things people don't. So there's the element of like holding people accountable without obviously being truly anti-Semitic or racist because a lot of people reference, uh, I know I'm throwing a lot out, but a lot of people reference like the history of, of Jews or to the Jewish community where like they've been had to leave a lot of places. So some people point to that and say Israel's great. That's the place they can go and not have to worry about persecution. But then other people are like, hey, also the George Soros types or the Rothschilds, whatever. And those are two separate factions, really. They have to be accountable or else they're going to they are actually just like you said, they're crushing their own people, whoever this may be, the, the globalists or the elites. You know, that group is crushing their own people for sure. I'm going to go really deep right now. I hadn't intended to go here at all, but you're going deep. So I'm going to take you even deeper. Okay. Um, not, not in a gay way. We're not gay guys. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's nothing, you can be, but I'm just, not there's anything wrong with that. Not well, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I, no, it's a, it's a, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm making edgy. It's not even an edgy joke. This is so sad. It's like 2019. You're like, Oh, sorry guys. Like they're like, there's like 10,000 AI liberals. They're like, what did he say? They're like, he said gay. In a misgendered net, you're like, oh my goodness, they're gonna come for me. That's an old famous Seinfeld joke. They they're talking about like the people had called them gay and they're not. They're like, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. But <laughs> I'm not gay. You know? All right, go deep then. How deep? All right. All right. Now I'm I, I overplayed it. Go ahead. It's all good. So obviously, there's a disproportionate amount of Jews in the media. That's obvious. Why is that? Is that because Jews are tribal and they want to hire their, their own tribe and they own the media? Maybe there's an element of that. I also point to what Stefan Molyneux po uh, points to, which is that Jews have a very high IQ, especially in regards to the languages, oral IQ. So, you know, to me, growing up in a Jewish community, you see it. It's very obvious that there's a high level of IQ among uh among Jews. So, uh, you know, people that don't want to hear race and IQ type of stuff. Sorry, I'm, I'm telling you facts. This is not like me saying, yay, Jews are the best. I'll talk about the problems in the Jewish community all day. Okay. But it's a fact that there's high Jewish IQ, especially in regards to language. That's why Jews are a lot of times the top comedians. A lot of the top people in a lot of different fields that have to do a certain type of IQ because Jews are also good at math. Okay. And so when you get into the finance realm, yeah, you have that there as well. But but when you're talking about forced to leave countries, why are the Jews repeatedly or forced to leave countries? Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. All right. My teacher's teacher's teacher, Rav Ashlag, this guy is like explaining the deepest levels of Judaism, if you want to call it Judaism. He's explaining the deepest teachings, the soul level teachings of the Old Testament, the Bible, the Torah. He's explaining this to people for our generation. And he told the Jews in Europe in the 1930s, he said, there's a dark cloud over Europe. If you don't, I have this book. I always have this handy. I didn't expect to talk about it, but I always have this handy. This is the Zohar. This is literally the Holy Grail. If you look into the scholarship of what the Holy Grail is, this is literally the Holy Grail. My teacher's teacher's teacher told the Jews of Europe, you have to share this book. Okay. You have to share this book with the people of Europe or there's going to be a catastrophe. And they didn't do it. And we got the Holocaust. So this pattern that's been repeating in the Jewish community, you know, there's on the left, you get like a lot of uh, Jews that are godless. They go to the left. And then on the right, you get a lot of Jews that they do things by the book, but they're not necessarily always getting the spirit or even necessarily getting the right books. Like a lot of Jews that are Orthodox, they talk a lot about the Talmud. Our generation should be, which is a lot about laws. 
you should be doing this, you need to do this, but it doesn't have as much spirit and soul as that book, the Zohar. And by the way, people talk about the Talmud all the time. There's stuff that was added to the Talmud that was not by righteous people saying that Jesus is boiling in a vat. That's not, uh, that's not right. That should never have been added. And then there's people that share quotes from the Talmud that aren't even real. I saw, I don't want to call out Owen Benjamin, but I saw him sharing quotes that are not real. You know, people can say a lot, oh, this was in the Talmud. People do that a lot of times to try and say how evil it is, and it's not even in there. Although there's stuff that is in there that shouldn't be. And Jews are supposed to be sharing the Zohar. So when we don't share the Zohar with people, that when, by the way, when the Zohar was shared in Europe in the 1500s, 1600s, that's when we had the Enlightenment. Isaac Newton had a copy of the Zohar. His copy is at Oxford. That's where he got a lot of his ideas for experiments. That's how science grew, is literally studying what's in that book. And so when Jews and Christians came together, studied the Zohar, this book helps bring the enlightenment. When Jews don't share this book, we get a lot of problems. That's just on a spiritual level, on a soul level. Because I can tell you're a very deep guy. You don't have to believe anything of what I'm saying to you, but I highly encourage if people want to look into the Zohar.com, my friend Billy Phillips has a class called Unredacting Jesus, where he talks about the things that were hidden from Christians, the things that were uh, added to, to Judaism. There's a lot over the centuries. We talk about fake news in our day and age. If you wanted to control people for centuries, you controlled religion. And so you hid things. You took away books from Christians. That's what the Catholic Church did a lot of time. They hid books. And for Jews, maybe you have some people that get into power and you add things that aren't legitimate. And so all of the religions, the reason there's a lot of fighting is there's people that have been corrupted, just like in politics, where they're putting their ego over the real word of God. And that's what, well, that's what's creating problems. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm, I have an open mind and an open ear and nothing I do. And it gets misconstrued sometimes, but honestly, not really. Um, doesn't people get it for the most part, but I'm, I don't blame one group or anything. And I also, it's all love. Like I know that there's nuance in, in everything. So I, I'm interested. I've never heard of the Zo Zohar. Is it called yeah, the Zohar? And that's a big problem. That's a problem that people have never heard of that book. Yeah, no, I've never even heard of it. So that's a whole new thing. I'm going to I'm gonna throw it back because I'm reading the comments. Also, I, I have a few questions. One, someone was saying with the, you know, I haven't done full research, but I know uh, Watson from Watson and Crick was into it as well. And the Stefan Mylander stuff with the IQ, people were saying that Asian IQ are higher. So I want to ask you, do you think Asians uh, overall IQ is higher than Jews? You think that's a lie? And if so... How come, I mean, although they're doing statistically pretty well, how come they don't own as much? And also, I, I do want to say, like, what's in the Zohar uh, on that note? So the Zohar has a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of it is really, it's about connecting to the energy of it. The, because the energy that's in the Zohar, it's not just a book. It's literally the energy of, you know, the, we call it the final redemption, Mashiach, or uh, the Christians call it Messiah coming back. It, the book has a lot of the energy of, you know, you're, we're coming up on a time right now. Have you seen any of the articles people are writing about literally immortality technology? Have you seen any of this stuff? No, I haven't. So if you look in mainstream science magazines, they're literally talking about nanotechnology where the small little robots can repair your cells at a cellular level and people are going to be able to live for hundreds of years or forever. Like literally, this is where science is getting to a point. And this is what we call... Um, Mashiach or Messiah, the final redemption with the end of pain, suffering, and death. It's like we're at the crux of this point where humanity can go into this amazing direction, or we can go into the path of suffering for you know another thousand years, God forbid, Hazrat Shalom. But it's all about what are we going to connect to? If we're going to connect to the deepest levels of our, our good spirit, 
or if we're going to keep fighting each other and hating each other. And so everybody's got a part to play. There's good aspects of Islam. I'm not one of those people on the right that say, oh, all Muslims are bad. No, I actually have a lot of friends that are Sufi Muslim. And I think that there's a spiritual aspect to Sufi, to Sufi Islam that should be explored more and to help them have their reformation. I think the Christians have a lot of great tools and a great connection to God. And the reason that the modern world has so many blessings is because the Christians connected to God and spread it all over the world. And the Jews were supposed to share this book, the Zohar, which my teachers got beat up in Israel by religious fanatics for sharing it in a uh, decades ago. You know, that's how that's where it's come to in, in the in the Orthodox community. People don't know this where there's there's a big split. There's a big schism. And people don't really they haven't reconciled all the different pieces. But when you when you go to the deepest layers, we're supposed to be studying that book first and foremost, the Zohar. We're supposed to be sharing it with people. And what's in it? I mean, it's like the secrets to everything. It, do you think say, Asians have higher IQs than 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 Jews or not? I haven't I'm not Stefan Molyneux. I haven't interviewed like nine different people that studied IQ, but I have no idea. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I will say the whole one of the big debates, they say, are Jewish people white? Some Jewish people are white. I look pretty white, I would say. So I'm both white and a Jew. Like Jews are a subgroup. Some Jews are a subgroup of white. Some Jews are Ethiopian and black. You know, like I hear all the alt-right people always say, oh, you got your ethno state in Israel. What ethnicity is it? Is it the Ashkenazi Jews, the Ethiopian Jews, the Somalian Jews that were deported? Which ethnicity is it? Because there's Jews from all over the place. No, I feel you for sure. And people can identify because most people will say they're white. I guess mine is like the WWC, I'll say, white when convenient, where it's like when yeah, it's yeah. convenient to be white, they're like, yeah, I'm white for sure. But then it's like, whoa, I'm Jewish, like F white people. It's, <laughs> it's not everyone's doing that, but it seems like a yeah, certain, yeah. like a, whoa, like don't group me in with those people. Uh, they want the best. Some people want the best of both worlds, right? So they play absolutely. it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also with Israel, there's there's things where me, as I'm kind of neutral on the topic, which really bothers people because I don't like to speak on things I don't know. There's two things I noticed. One, you know, what a lot of writers and you said, you know, in the media, there are a lot of Jewish people proportionally like it's a huge amount. And it could be because intelligence, creativity, uh, skill set like ambition, good parents, all of these things, absolutely. But when you have a media that does seem like it has a huge Jewish influence and they say to Americans like that, you know, in the media so much, like you can't be proud, but like we can be extremely proud. And this is not, this is now black and trans and all this stuff. But they're like, we're so proud that we'll fly our people out to vacation for free in Israel. And we're so proud, even in the Washington Post, they're doing articles saying there's certain Jewish people wanting to fly Jews to Tennessee so they can like inbreed Like this is like real stuff where I'm just like, in, but you can't even be ha yeah. happy to be white where it's like, if that's the case, that's what's bothering a lot of people too, where it's like Jewish influence saying you can't be proud yet th they there is a sense of, I won't say, ethno state i don't know if that's the right word per se maybe it is but you have netanyahu saying recently he said this is not the land of all people this is like the land of the jews and uh, you can live here and have equal rights like imagine if trump was like hey this is not this is not muslim land like this is i mean he I guess he does flirt around that kind of rhetoric but like it's he's just like this is not your land you can live here but like this is ours so these are two different agendas at play again. And this is also, this is why I'm, I really love talking about this stuff because this stuff gets intermingled so much. So Netanyahu saying Israel for the Jews, that's a, the most right wing perspective possible as far as Israel goes. And, um, you know, there's actually a lot of Arabs that live there. People don't know that. They think it's like, a lot of people think it's like all Jews. It's not. 
there's a lot of uh, Muslims and Arabs that live there. But in America, there's obviously an anti-white agenda. It's because they want to destroy the middle class. And America was mostly built by middle class white Americans. And so they have to destroy, you know, white people have to have white guilt, but everybody else, the uh, blacks, Jews, Hispanics, Asian, you can put pride at the end of any of those words and it's, it's wonderful. But if you said white pride, that'd be terrible. Although I do think that that's kind of silly. If you want to have pride, have pride. Yeah, I, I have a English heritage and look what we did uh, as the English, or I have Italian heritage. Look what the Italians did. Because you can point to things, look at the architecture in Italy or look at the Magna Carta in England. You can point to specific things. Just saying I'm white, I mean, it's kind of dumb. I get that they did that for black people because so many black people, it's very hard for them to trace their origins and say, I'm from this tribe and we did this. So they have like generic black pride, which actually robs them of their history too. But, you know, I just think the whole thing, I, I debated um, Jared Taylor once upon a time who's always talking. I don't know if you know who that is. He's um, uh, He basically is a big time uh, – I don't want to say white nationalist. I don't want to brand him like that, but I think he's like a white nationalist. And he's like handing off his mantle to to Richard Spencer. So anyway, he was trying to tell me that, no, people are happier when they live in a, a homogeneous society and people live with their own kind. And I think America was breaking through that. I think we were on the cusp of everybody like respecting and, and, uh, and being happy with each other. Like back when Chappelle show, everybody got roasted. White people got roasted. Black people got roasted. And it was no big deal. And it's like the, the controllers at the top saw that and they said, okay, no, we need to have all of the different ethnicities fighting each other because that's how we divide and conquer and split America. And that's what they're doing. And so I think a lot of the reaction is going a little bit too far to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to be white pride now. It's like, why would you have white pride? You should have English pride or Italian pride or whatever your, your ancestors did. But to have generic white pride, that's like having generic white guilt. Did your ancestors own the slaves? Probably not. So you shouldn't have white guilt. Did your ancestors build uh, the Sistine Chapel? Probably not. You shouldn't have pride for that specific thing. You should have pride for what you actually you know, come from. Don't just say I'm a white pride. I have, you know, if you have Italian pride, whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, you could be happy and love yourself, I guess. But when you're overly prideful and also like the whole ethno state thing that Richard Spencer wants to do, uh, I wouldn't make the cut. I don't think I'm part Puerto Rican, so he probably doesn't like me. So <laughs> I'm, I can't be can't be that that uh, connected to it. Um, but on that note, I guess I do want to say, because a lot of people are talking about the Talmud or the Talmud or whatever. I want to ask a question. I agree absolutely that Richard Spencer, like it's a little too much as far as like, you know, it's overly racial, but it seem it does seem like that is what Israel is kind of where it's like, yeah, there's other people that live there. He did. They, they're not going full Richard Spencer, like get out. However, it is like if, if you're us, like imagine if America flew white Europeans, like we'll fly you guys for free here, but like only you where I it's mean, like um, Israel actually paid millions to bring Ethiopian Jews to Israel. So, no, no, Jew. That's what I'm saying. Like a Jewish ethno state, where it's like, if you're a Jew, we'll fly you out. Imagine if America's like, you're you're a Christian, yeah, like we'll fly you out. Like you can't. The the media would go nuts. And, yeah, uh, I, I get that. I think the media definitely. There's too much of uh, people being against Christians, being against whites in the media, and obviously it's disproportionately Jewish. And so you know, it's that's an easy that's an easy line to draw. But I think it misses a lot of the nuance that we've been talking about. I, yeah, I, I have a good question because I, I want to say, 
a lot of people, even on Owen, and you said you wanted to maybe talk, there's things you want to say to Owen, maybe I could moderate and set up a debate because I think that would be hilarious, like I'd Owen and you. Yeah. I'd love to talk to Owen. Yeah, I think that would be great, man, because I know he's inside, like Owen's, I, I mean, he texted me the other day too, and I, I was talking to him, he was, on my, um, he was mentioning me while I was in the comments and he was live, and uh, I think Owen, like Owen's out there in the cut and he's just researching all this stuff. And I think it's it would be healthy to because like he's he's going on, on like he's really finding out a lot of stuff. So to talk to you, you know what I'm saying, with the hat on, like he says, men in tiny hats. <laughs> if you could talk to him, I'm gonna set that up. Let's let's make it happen. I'll text on today. Cool. But um, with the Talmud, with with Muslims, Christians, and Jews, and uh, pretty much right wingers, not so much left wingers. They're a little naive, but they they want to look at the ideology of Muslims. Sometimes the right goes too far, left doesn't go far enough. Like you said, there's elements of it I do believe that are actually very beneficial and people ignore that. However, they're very concerned with the Islam ideology because they're like, listen, read this text. And like so you have your extremists who, uh, you know, really feel a certain way. And their question is like, is it compatible with Western civilization or is it compatible with, you know, Christian American values per se, like what um, freedom of speech and right to bear arms and stuff? So with the, the Talmud, I know a lot of people just study the Torah. There's that book as well. There's atheist Jews who just don't care about anything or they just don't like God. I'm not going to I don't want to exaggerate, but they don't care about anything. I have atheist Jewish friends. They're not they're not like F everybody. They just they're in there. But anyway, is it proper to explore the ideology of what a lot of Jewish people believe? Because the Talmud, although, you know, there's parts that were maybe added, parts that people are lying about that don't exist. I'm not sure exactly. I haven't found the actual text or anything. But um, are like, are there Jewish people who do follow the ideology word for word at, like a Muslim would? And do people have the right to be concerned or, or question that? There's absolutely uh, Jews that think that the the Talmud makes them. You can watch videos of this. You know, a lot of the the people on the on the, I don't want to say the far right, but really the, the actual far right. There's a lot of people that will show the videos of uh, very you know fundamentalist religious Jews that are saying stuff like, "Yeah, we're we're supposed to be uh, served by all the other nations," and the word for that is goyim. And yeah, you can find videos like that. And those people to me are extremists. They're fundamentalists. And I think it's good to call them out the way, same way it's good to call out the Westboro Baptist Church, or it's good to call out um, the Wahhabist Muslims that, that think it's good to do terrorism. So mm. yeah, call that out because then the good parts of the ideology can rise to the top. So yeah, I'm all for more debate, not less debate. You want to call things out, fine. But then you got to give everybody their time. You know, let me let me come in and, and tell you what's really going on. I'm going to get you with Owen, I promise, because like you, you're stepping up to the plate. That's even like Roseanne, where people are like, uh, it's sketchy. They, you know, they think I'm a Zionist shill or something because I'm chilling with Roseanne. I'm like, with Roseanne. I'm like, listen, we don't agree on everything, but like she keeps it real. She, you know, and honestly, like people, I know her family and I, like everyone's a individual so it's like Roseanne will feel away her son will feel another way as far as like they're you know it's like they agree on some things but then it's like it's not this as tight knit and like nefarious as some people would say I want to ask you how many how many people uh like what percentage of the Jewish uh 
I don't know race or religion. I'm I'm because some people like you know Ben Shapiro is like promo code. You know I'm 100% Ashkenazi Jew, and uh, as as they would say, you know. But it's like some people are more proud of the race, and then there's some people who are more in tune with like the religion spirituality side of it. I know, thank you. No, that's uh, anyway. Um, what percentage of Jewish people uh, like believe in the Talmud, and uh, it, is there a possibility that there's some high level people, not just Satanists? Is there a possibility that there's you know, people that do are is following that ideology of it, where they're just like, ah, like this, the this goyim, is, the goyim need to get out of the way, or like, okay. you know, like that. Ah, they're they're in my way. Like they so need the, to serve me. The Satanists on the level of like the Rothschild. These people are not studying the Talmud. Don't they are not touching it. The Talmud has a lot of very good things in it. The very the the sections that I'm talking about where that stuff should never have been added. That's that's a, a small percentage, you know. And I'm mostly saying that. The Talmud shouldn't be the number one focus of people's study uh, when it comes to that. They should be studying stuff like the Zohar. So the Talmud is not all bad. There's most of it is very, very good. But um, yeah, the, the Satanists aren't touching that. Uh, the uh, I don't know what percentage of people on the fundamentalist or orthodox side of Jews, um, you know, that they're all about every single word, and they they would think that uh, people that are not Jews are inferior. I don't know what percentage that is, to be honest. But then on the left. Those people, the people on the left, like Karl Marx was a Jew that hated Jews. Karl Marx hated Jews. Okay. And, and he's not touching the Talmud at all either. So again, these are very different factions. It's just that yeah, again, the self-hateful Jew and the self-hateful white person and the self-hateful black, like that's the most destructive thing to the community. Cause he's like Jews. He's like, I'm going to make a society where everyone has starving. And you're like, dude, relax. Like at least just love your people. Like I'd rather, I'd honestly rather like an, a supremacist than like a self-hating person. It is, it is really bad. That's why the left is just awful. Continue. I know you got a bunch of chats to read. I want to finish the case. I think I pro I might have convinced you already on Ilhan Omar, but I know that was the premise. I I pulled up a lot of stuff. I want to finish the case because honestly, I you you're hearing what I'm saying. Do I sound like the type of person to be like anti-Semite, anti-Semite, anti-Semite? No, no. And I'm gonna. I mean, like you said, we got in a little tangent, but this is great because I know a lot of people. And I'm gonna. I think a you and Owen debate would be amazing, and also for Owen because it's like that now he could take his ideology to somebody who can who can uh, debate him, and you're not someone who's just gonna beat love, around the bush. Yeah. You're gonna get at it, which is uh, respectable. I'd love to talk to him because I think some of what he's doing now is just because it's like, well, if you won't give me a platform, you won't let me talk, I'm gonna go as far as possible to go against this type of censorship. Like I just saw a clip. I didn't see the context. I've listened to like long form uh, versions of his podcast, but I saw a clip where he's saying Jews can't sing and he's citing Leonard Cohen, who's like <laughs> the worst singer of all time. Dude, like, how funny is that? How funny like, is that? It, Leonard Cohen, I don't know if he's, like if he's trying to be like a hipster of his time where it's like, yeah, I sing bad and that's what makes it artistic. Like, Dude, that was, that was like the funniest thing because like he wrote Hallelujah, the song Hallelujah, but yeah, it's, it's awful clip. and it was so bad that like people didn't know it was a good song until someone else sang it and then Hallelujah, it's so funny, dude. Yeah, He's in the clip. I see, I see Owen saying, "Oh, but Jews can't sing at all." It's like, bro, I know that he knows Jews can sing. Like, Modest Yahoo can sing, and plenty of Jews can sing. I yeah. know he's just being over the top, dude. Modest Yahoo's he 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 was studying maybe uh, the the Toma because he said, "I want my Shiak now." He said that yeah, one time. For Every, Strip it away the layers and reveal your soul. You got to give yourself up, or you become whole. You like that? That's, I do like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, like I love Medicine Yahoo. He's lit. 
Yeah, he's awesome. Um, can can I prosecute the case against Ilhan Omar? Can I finish up with that stuff? Yeah, but don't don't throw in don't throw her in speech jail. This ain't Europe. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, she can she can say what she wants, and I can say I want to deport her. Okay, I don't <laughs> think she's in this country. She, she I think she hates America. Like you said earlier, that she's not for America. I think she hates America, and I don't I don't want people that hate America to be here. To be honest, if you hate America and you're on a tenuous uh, citizen basis, then get rid of them because she did marry her brother. Okay. Uh, there's a culture investigation on that with a video coming out soon. She married her brother, and I don't think she should be here. So any, anyway, that's not to do with whether she's an anti-Semite. Just real quick, other things she didn't talk about. China, if you want to talk about influence of Israel, China has Dianne Feinstein, who's a U.S. senator. Her like top assistant, her driver, mm -hmm. for 20 years was a Chinese spy, and nobody's yeah. talking about that. That's not in the media. If you had an Israeli spy for 20 years working for Dianne Feinstein, even that, when you're not allowed to talk about Israel, I think that would get more attention than Dianne Feinstein having a Chinese spy working for her for 20 years. Is she years. Jewish? Is Dianne Feinstein Jewish? Yeah, Dianne Feinstein is Jewish too. That's true. I'm adding to the conspiracy. So There you go. But <laughs> Apple, Apple has given like all of their uh, databases to China. Google has their Operation Dragonfly in China. These companies are becoming linked up, mobbed up with China. Nobody's talking about it. Alex Jones talks about it, and then they try and demonize him. You know, they've got the universities with getting Chinese influence in the universities, Chinese influence in Hollywood. You're allowed to talk about uh, Jews, but I don't see people talking about this stuff in regards to China that much. I don't I don't see it. No, I, I, I a thousand percent agree, and it, it does... When Pete, things aren't talking about, there's something they're doing right. Another thing is um, they're talking about Russian hacking. China hacked, I think, the FDIC or one of the banking things. They hacked our banks and our government organization. Nothing happened. They hacked our naval contractors and stole our war plans. That's an act. If you're talking about Trump, like peeing on somebody, even though I don't think it happened, whatever, like if you think that's an act of war, like what do you call China stealing? But kind of in the similar light i feel like that just shows you how much power china has and honestly they owe it you know the word sneaky uh can be used with jewish terminology where it's like china's pretty sneaky and they're they're quieter and i don't mean that in like a disrespectful or racial way but like their takeover has been so flawlessly like quiet where like you even hear on you get a lot of pushback to like israel and jews where like China's definitely quiet with it. They're like, next thing you know, they own every. Like, I'm, I'm a, I don't think I'm gonna wake up one day and China's gonna own the U.S. Like that. They're buying up California. They're buying up South Florida. People don't know this stuff. They're buying a ton of real estate here. We ship water to them, like out of the Great Lakes. We ship it where because they've polluted all their water. So we're like sending them the the Great Lakes bottle by bottle. People don't under. People have no idea how much this country is getting bought by China. And so you got someone like Ilhan Omar. She talks about Israeli influence. She's only doing that for one reason, okay? And it's not because of the um, oppression of the Palestinians, if you want to call it that, all right? And I do think Israel's probably done some wrong there too, but that's not why she's calling out Israel. She doesn't call out Israel because of the influence or she'd be calling out China. And she doesn't call out for the oppression. The Rohingya, who are mostly Muslims, going into Myanmar, there's like 7,000 of them killed in like the last two or three years, something like that. She's not calling out that atrocity. That's Muslims being slaughtered. 
for the million Muslims in the in the prison camps in China, like we discussed earlier. No, absolutely. She's definitely a leftist, and leftists inherently just lie about everything and actually never care about the problem. You're totally right, but does that make it anti-Semitic that she well, doesn't call that out, or does it just? I guess it, I guess you're using that term. Like if I said she's anti-American, anti-Semitic. I, okay. I feel it like in that terminology, like, yeah, for sure. She doesn't like Israel. She doesn't like America. And she's a total hypocrite. A thousand percent. I guess it's how do we deal with that? Because with Ilhan Omar and, and racist, sexist, bigot, next thing you know, there's going to be 20 Ilhan Omars. And, you know, it's like that's the okay. route we're going. So I want people to be able to say whatever they want. And here's the difference between Ilhan Omar and like Michael Tracy or Glenn Greenwald, leftists that also call out Israel that might not call out China as much. Although Greenwald and Tracy call out China way more than Tracy's than good, Omar. man. Tracy seems like the least uh, annoying leftist. Uh, like he actually isn't at like, and same with Glenn, but like Glenn get, goes, he's like, oh my God, we're being persecuted in Brazil. Like he's talking about the gay communities. I was like, dude, just take some Bolsonaro, bro. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Tracy's the most reasonable. I love, I love uh, hitting at Glenn with the, the whole Bolsonaro thing. Cause he's acting like he's going to be, like he's gonna be a worse dictator than hit than uh than Trump, you know. It's like please. Yeah, please. like you can still rail guys. It's fine, Glenn. Like <laughs> you're, you'll be fine. Bolsonaro doesn't care. He just wants to stop like yeah. your your friends from ruining uh Brazil. That's he, it. He, he said he doesn't care if Glenn burns the donut. That's what he said. Okay, burns the donut. Anyway, you know, oh. so I, I I agree with you in the sense of like she. I don't think she likes Israel. I don't think she likes America. I don't think she likes Jews or white people or probably Western civilization in any way, shape, or form. That I guess it would be how do we actually stop that? Because it it seems like your notion of what you're saying is right and accurate in a sense. But uh, I feel like no one else on the right wing is actually doing that. And that and maybe that comes from you not being like a lifelong because like the the lifelong right wingers they're too easy to trick not everyone but you throw in like america and they'll like go to war with anyone and you're like yes. dude or you'll say like uh anti like they're like, dude it's in the bible to protect israel but like it's not in the constitution to get rid of speech laws so what you're saying is right but the problem is a lot of right wingers they don't have that like balance that you have in that past to uh know that like writing congressman speech laws that's not the answer because it's actually just going to protect them it's definitely like a self-defeating uh strategy too many people are on a baseball team they're the yankees or they're the red Sox, and oh you're against the yankees the red Sox. i'm against you and they're not looking issue specific like if you're following the nba it's good to have a team but it's also good to like players for their attributes i wasn't a fan of draymond green when he was kicking guys in the balls okay so it's like I look at things individually, issue-based, not is it on my team or is it not on my team. I look at the issues, and that's how I get where I'm going. And you're right. People are too ideologically drinking the Kool-Aid, and they're not, they're not thinking, and that's a problem. But as, this, this, is what makes, uh, this is what makes Ilhan Omar different, okay? And I'll give you the solution, too. This is what Ayan Hirsi Ali said, and she grew up in Somalia same as – Ilhan Omar. She said, as a child growing up in a Muslim family, I constantly heard my mother, other relatives, and neighbors wish for the death of Jews who are considered our darkest enemy. Our religious tutors and the preachers in our mosques set aside extra, set aside extra time to pray for the destruction of Jews. Okay, that's Ayan Hirsi Ali, who grew up in Somalia. And when the uh, Arab-Israeli Six-Day War happened in 1967, Somalia deported all of their Jews. Okay, that's Somalia. That's where Ilhan Omar grew up. 
and you can find the Pew Research on it. I don't have the numbers for Somalia, but in Jordan, Jordan, which is more, more pro-Israel, it seems, having uh, been around the region than a lot of the other countries, 95% of them are very unfavorable of Jews. 94% of Egyptians, very unfavorable of Jews. 95% of Lebanese, very unfavorable of Jews. So I can only imagine what that number is in Somalia where Ilhan Omar comes from, okay? And if you want the solution to this stuff, stop importing them. They're not good for Jews. They're not good for America. Obviously, when you bring them to Europe, they commit a lot of hate crimes against Jews. It's happening in France. It happens in the UK. It happens all over Europe. And they commit rape at an astonishing high rate. You've got the rape gangs in Britain where Tommy Robinson goes to jail just for calling them out. So they're, they're not contributing to America, and a lot of them hate America. I think it's partially due to the West having bombed a lot of that region. I don't think the West is blameless. But like you said earlier, it doesn't make sense to bring them here. So don't bring any more refugees from the Middle East. I think we should help fix their countries, just like Trump, between him not bombing the Syrian army and actually getting rid of ISIS, 500,000 Syrians returned home to Syria. So I don't want a nation build over there, but if we can make small moves like that to help them actually have their lands sovereign again and live in peace, we should do that. We should not bring them here. And everybody in some that came from Somalia that can be deported. Listen, I know a guy on Twitter. His name is Abdi Muhammad from Somalia. Great guy. But most Somalians, I want to deport them. Sorry. Most of them probably hate America. And I don't want anybody that hates America in America. Deport them. That's the solution. Yeah, I, I guess with all this uh, like anti-Semitism talk, do you find, because I know a lot of people are getting frustrated, like a lot of Amer Americans, a lot of Christians. I haven't seen the comments because people are like, yo, why are people so mad in your comments? I was like, I don't know. I mean, I you know, you can't really filter it. And it does seem like on YouTube, people are extra, extra up in arms. But I think what people are mad at, you have, you know, a lot of Jewish people in the media, you know, and doing a lot of what I would consider is like the subversion of, of America, whether they're on a different agenda than the actual Judeo agenda, that's, you know, up for discussion. But uh, it's like they're kind of like subverting everything, putting the opposite of reality, giving everyone a victim card except for the whites and Christians. So a lot of people feel like they're, you know, crushing America where it's like, yes, China, yes, other people. But the amount of like the amount of uh, Jewish influence as far as like, kind of crushing the country but then like you know that's i guess that's the thing that people feel like and you've addressed it a lot and i think that makes people feel better but that that's what's really got a lot of people because even you know i'll look at stuff and i'll be like okay music industry television like all these industries you can the amount of jewish influence is astronomical and all of these in industries are really crushing america and then they're subverting the law to basically it looks like to me a stern exterminate this entire country and, uh, you know, certain values and a lot of even the Muslim uh, importation, like you're talking about Somalia, horrible. You can trace a lot of that back to a heavy Jewish influence as well, well of the also, people who are doing that. There's also Catholic organizations that are very heavily involved in bringing the Somalians to Minnesota. So I've heard that yeah, trope a lot. But I don't trust the whole Catholic thing. That whole, that whole thing I don't trust. It's the Jews bringing in all the Muslims. Yeah, there's a lot of Christian organizations involved in that too. But I, I, as far as the people on the left that hate America, there's no legal basis for deporting them. So unlike the Somalians or the Central Americans, a lot of whom also hate America, they say make America Mexico again, some of them. Uh, if, if you hate America and we can deport you, deport them. If you hate America and we can't deport you, 
there's a lot of crimes that are being committed that are not being prosecuted. We know in Hollywood, which is connected to the music industry, like a lot of you're saying that it's a heavily Jewish. Go yeah. after them for their crimes. There's a lot of, you know. No, I, I agree. I guess the thing is, too, because I talk about self-accountability, self-awareness, self-responsibility. If, if you know, you you have the hat, so you're in, you know, you're of the faith of, of the uh, the tribe, in a sense. I'm not saying you're like a tribalist. You clearly are a very honest guy. But it's like if you're one or two percent of the population and you're running 40, 50, 60, 70 percent, in some cases, maybe more, some cases left of these industries that are inherently doing evil things, do you think that there's no responsibility or no, no self accountability? This is what because I'm it's like. If, if this I'm, if I'm my, pe my people and my tribe was like 1% of the population running 80% of everything or 70, 60, whatever it is, even banks, media, okay. music, it's like, Hey, it shouldn't, shouldn't there be a message of like, Hey guys, we're ruining America. You well, know, like, Hey guys, like we got to do our part and then we'll call out Catholics and, 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 Chinese as well, a, a thousand percent. But it's like, you know, it seems like a lot of deflection, a lot of victim cards and, a, and not a lot of like, hey, guys, we can't do this. I've been calling out the Jews that do wrong for a long time. But here's the solution. You got to prosecute the crimes. You, so talk about Wall Street. All of those criminal bankers that caused the 2008 collapse, Obama didn't prosecute them. Trump said he would be hard on Wall Street. And then he hires Goldman guys to work in his administration. He should mm -hmm. be prosecuting the Goldman guys that caused that 2008 collapse if they're still in the statute of limitations. He should be prosecuting Wall Street crimes. And then if Wall Street is disproportionately Jewish, then I guess a disproportionate amount of the people prosecuted would be Jewish. And that's how you get there. And in Hollywood and in the music industry, we know a lot of those people are pedophiles. Like Lou Pearlman, the guy that set up uh, a lot of the boy bands. I think, uh, I think he, that's the guy's name that's a pedophile. Prosecute guys like that. Go in Hollywood and prosecute people like Weinstein. Go after the pedophiles and the rapists. And if they're disproportionately Jewish, then they get locked up. It doesn't matter what they are. You yeah. lock up the criminals. That's powerful, how you powerful, wealthy people. That's why, I, I mean, there's like the QAnon movement where it's like, trust the plan. And they're like, Anomaly, what do you think about it? I was like, a lot of the information's valid, but like, dude, and it, it's not just Jewish. It's like powerful people. Like, how come we didn't go after Saudi Arabia? Are they Jewish? Well, they're working with Israel per se, but no, they're Saudi Muslim trillionaires probably and they have way too much daddy gold money so they're not going anywhere you know it's not because of it, it has not it's like they're too powerful that is that's why i'm like I'll, I'll, when it happens it happens but i'm not too bullish on it because i've never seen and it includes christian or atheist or white families that are wealthy in america too and now there's black people involved in the agenda as well powerful people i've never seen politicians get held accountable i've never seen politicians uh what's it called um powerful elites and billionaires and that's why also i guess with the ilhan omar thing that's that's my it's like is she awful for sure but i i don't understand why we'd start with her like you said let's let's we have a long list of people who've committed war crimes we have a long list of people who have sold the country out and this is like it's every race, religion, and gender who's been in politics. Pretty much everyone besides like Rand Paul is probably taking. Even Tulsi Gabbard used to take pharmacy money. Corey, but they all are. So I think I don't want to don't misquote me. On even, it, but. I don't even trust Rand Paul anymore because some of the things that he's done, he's trying to block the national emergency. Which I, I understand his constitutional stance, which is not a constitutional stance. I think he takes Koch brothers' money, and I think he's compromised. I don't think he's Ooh. Ron Paul. That's a, that's a claim. Listen, Maybe. I called out Rand Paul years ago, and I was for Ron Paul twice. I tried to get Ron Paul elected twice, 
And Rand is not his daddy. I wish he was. If he was, I'd, I'd wish he was the vice president right now. But he's not. He's, he's a little uh, cucky. And I don't mean that to be mean. But, like, I, I feel what he's saying for sure. But it's like, it does seem like, dude, at a certain point, that's why Trump won. You know, like, you got to get something done. And I know, like... I, I totally agree. The, the good and bad with our government is the good thing is it moves really slow. So you can't really get anything done. The bad part is it moves really slow. So you can't get it. So it's like if someone's trying to do something around, it's like, well, I'm, it's like, dude, Trump, I get it. But Trump could have uh, built the wall day one using discretionary defense, defense budget spending. He could have said he didn't even need to declare a national emergency. That's just another legal method. He could have just said, I have to defend this country. There's hundreds of thousands or millions coming across the border every every year, every couple of years. We have to defend the border. I'm using the dif discretionary defense budget to build the wall. He didn't need any legislation. He didn't need to declare a national emergency. And this is another, when you talk about people drinking the Kool-Aid, the worst is the Trump people drinking the Kool-Aid because it's like, we didn't get here by drinking the Kool-Aid, okay? We were like anti-establishment the whole time. Now that Trump is working with these, you know, never Trumpers having them staff his administration, listening to them, putting Democrats, aka his own daughter and son-in-law in the White House and listening to them. That's not what we voted for. You have to call him out at every step. And that's how you get Trump to do what we want. When you call out Trump, he responds. Okay. When you when you mm -hmm. say he's the best in the world, he tries to get praise from other people like the New York Times and the left. You have to call him out every day to get what you want. It's the only way it's going to happen. No, that's a good point. And that's like, People don't seem to get that because I was like, guys, he'll do it if you tell him to do it. That's why even with this, people are like, he would never sign a bill that was a speech yeah. law. I was like, yeah, he will because he's he's like busy. Also, he's one guy in his 70s. I mean, I think he's done an incredible job, but there's parts he's dropping the ball on. And that's why even when it comes to groups or religions or races, even if it's the caliphate or what we were talking about earlier, it's not really anyone's fault, in my opinion, because if you buy it, they're going to sell it, you know? So it's like every industry. And honestly, as far as, I mean, there's things that are could be better, but a lot of the the worst parts about our society, I feel like there's a few, but it, it is a lot of like mental stuff where like you, you turn off this awful programming and you go like exist in the world. It seems to be a lot smoother than how we perceive it. So, um, it's it could be a lot worse is what I'm saying. Like I'm not even the banking system. Like I don't know. Like at least I'm not having to like beat up another guy over a banana. Like I'll take a Uber Eats. Like oh, it's so terrible. But um, you know, it's our fault. So regardless of who people want to blame, even with like the Muslims, like this is going to be a product of decisions we've made, things we've ignored, and um, you know, things that we've put up with for a long time. So and that's my point on Ilhan Omar as well. Is like she's a symptom. So I, I don't, that's where I kind of draw the line with a lot of people who follow me and even I watch, I, I don't blame, I don't hate, and I truly don't, not out of like, I'm on the fence or I'm lying. I just think you get what you, you work for. I, you know, you get what you put out, you get what you accept, you get what you buy. And if more people are awoken on both sides, you get a better Trump or you get a better leader. And if more people are asleep on both sides, you get what you get. So I don't, I don't understand why people are, I understand they're upset and stuff, but I don't buy into this blame mentality of blaming groups or even people. Cause Trump will do, like you said, what people do. Like if they let him do this, he'll talk for six years and he'll be like, guys next week. Like, that's why I, I don't trust the plan. Yeah. I'm, I'm patient. And I, but like, 
Either you get it done or you don't. It's like a business meeting. If someone came into a business meeting with me, sorry, I'll give it back. And they're like, hey, am I going to get this $10,000? Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, so we're going to sign because I want it in my bank account. Like, not to be mean, but like, it's not real till it's in the bank account. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. I'd be like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, I'm not doing business with you. So people are like, dude, dude you've been two years of saying next week, next week, next week, next week. Yeah. Dude, look at this article. I've known this shit for a decade. Like, I've been, I've been listening to crazy, like, either it's going to get done or it's not. So this whole vibe around it it just doesn't make sense to me but yeah the seal the sealed indictments are coming the hundreds of sealed indictments are coming meanwhile so you're saying that they're letting criminal cases expire because things have statutory limitations on when you can be, you can prosecute them so they're letting certain crimes expire that makes zero sense if he was going to lock them up he would have done it he's failing and there was literally an OAN report i don't know if you know OAN one america news I yeah. hope they replace Fox. Jack Posobiec works there. One of their reporters tweeted out that when Trump was speaking at CPAC, he had a line that America needs more workers. And it was reported if the CPAC people had booed that line because he's saying, we need way more immigrants. We're just going to do it legally. Yeah. If they had booed that line, he would have maybe fired people from his White House that encouraged him to say that stuff. Because we mm. don't need more immigrants. We have way too much labor. That's what's driving wages down. If mm. you have less skilled immigration, then the wages for less skilled immigration would go up. So it's actually a problem having too much low skilled immigration. But Trump says we need more because the Koch brothers' uh, employees in his administration told him to say that stuff. But the kids at CPAC, they love Trump so much, and it sounded so good when he said it, they clapped. If they had booed him, you would have got some of the, the swampy people in his administration fired. And you would have yeah. got what you actually voted for him. Like, actually, you'd get closer to that. So people don't understand. If you cheer him doing anything, he's a populist. He does what's popular. If what's popular is you better do what we voted for, Trump, or we hate you, then he's going to do it. And people, they don't get it. No, I'm so annoyed with mainstream conservatives. Like even the last week and a half, like all the stuff you're saying, you're it actually like you're saying a lot of stuff that people should be saying. Talk about the stuff she's not talking about. That's how you fill the void. Not like, dude, I, I'm I, I'm branding a new term now. I've been thinking about it. I'm calling a merry merry-go-round conservatives, like merry-go-round progressives. They just scream, and you're going in a circle where they're like, "Look at the leftists! Look at AOC!" Eh, and like, and but they're not doing anything. All yeah. these mainstream—they're just screaming at me, like, "Black unemployment's down!" Black, cool, like that's great, but like, you understand? And then like, then there's the Q and A movement where I'm sure there's people in here that are from that. It's great, trust me. I have David Ike, Robert Anton Wilson, um, Alex Jones. We are change and Q They're all doing deep diving stuff, which is really cool. But like, am I am I gonna just like have this fantasy where they're oh John McCain got executed? They didn't tell anybody. You think they'd be able to kill John McCain and no one would know about it, and everyone <laughs> would just be totally okay from Hillary to Barack to Soros? They'd be like, yeah, you could murder John McCain, and we won't make a big stink about it. When have they done like it's so goofy to me? Where it's like, dude, you'll know when that when he drains that swamp, and if he doesn't, the difference between me and them is like. He already did more than I thought he would do, and he's already a step up. If he never does that, I'm not going to be mad. I'll be like, he did what he could, and he got to a certain point where he couldn't go anymore. But it does come from the ground up. So when you have fake conservatives who are just like, GDP, GDP, capitalism, capitalism, it's like, guys, 
it's like you said, Fox News, it is kind of controlled op because it's like, and that's why even the Ilhan thing and Glenn Greenwald, they're so annoying to me. But when they talk about certain things like you, whether it's anti-war or even certain lobbying, I'm like, at least they're talking about it. And that's when I see the dichotomy where it's like, oh, they get that, but right-wingers don't get that, right? So that's the merry-go-round thing where it's like, you're just going in a circle. Yeah. People got to get off the merry-go-round. You got to stop listening to the Kool-Aid drinkers on the right and on the left. You got to find people like me, like Mike Cernovich, like Anomaly, like Jack Posobiec, the people that are giving you the real nuance, okay? Not fake nuance like some people that you've talked to before, but real nuance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I could probably set up a debate with you and him too because he started. That would be that would be, that would would be be a slaughter. I, I don't want to hurt two-year-olds. Okay? All right. No. Well, he's going to be mad at that because he hit me up. Uh, nuance bro if you're watching I'm sure he'll find this eventually he was messaging me he's like and I'm like your, your Alex Jones video wasn't correct like the atrazine the, the studies were proven false and I was like first off dude it's on all the mainstream organizations it's in the study but also I'm, I've, I've said n numerous times science I, I believe it's always heavily doctored so I was like the point I was making is Alex didn't make this up it's out there that's what but he's I was like nuance go make a video and he's like rrr, rrr. I was like dude either make a video like why are you complaining to me in the DMs and he was like I'm sure you guys would it would be like a screaming fest but no, I man. would I would set it up more importantly though I really do want to set up you and Owen I think that would be hilarious and I could moderate because i mean you you both could probably go on some diatribes i think that would be really really fun that'd, you, be, a lot, that'd, be, a, that'd be a lot of fun i would enjoy that uh, i wanted to go back to one more point you were saying about the about the real nuance when people are throwing out lowest black unemployment history when trump was running everybody understood the unemployment numbers don't include people that have stopped looking for work now that trump inherited all of these numbers you know, we, we, oh, he, he got that number lower. Well, that's good, but it's still very high. The real unemployment number is still very high. And people aren't talking about the real, America has a lot of problems with the economy, a lot of problems. China could sink us like with certain things that they could do. And it's not talked about. I understand he doesn't want to cause a panic, which mm -hmm. is great, but there's and the lot. currency. I mean, the whole yeah. currency is a debt base. Yeah. He's not going to tell you like GDP's up. Like, yeah, guys, the whole thing could collapse in a second. And it's not his fault. No, it's but not. That's like what he, he you're never going to hear Trump say. No. Hey, guys, like any second, the whole thing could be a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's part of why he's tried to work with the establishment so much. I think they've held the financial gun to his head and said, listen, we can crash the economy at any time. And then we're going to say it's your fault. I think he should have gone to war. I don't think I think he should have started prosecuting Goldman, started locking up the people holding financial guns to his head or other type of uh, you know blackmail against him. I think he should have started going after those people hard because compromising is not working. But I, I look at it like this. Abraham Lincoln, when he first got into office and people, some people like Lincoln, some people don't. I think that he ended slavery and he's the greatest president in U.S. history. OK, but the first two years of his administration, essentially, he allowed his general McClellan to not get the job done, to screw around, but eventually Lincoln took the reins and got it done. I think Trump's gonna get it done, but only if we keep pushing him. He's just the manifestation of the zeitgeist of our energy. If our energy is pushing him, we're gonna get more done. If our energy is cheerleaders, like being at CPAC and cheerleading when he says, yay, more immigrants that will destroy wages and, and need more welfare. If we cheer the opposite of what we voted him for, we're not gonna get anything good. But if we educate ourselves and demand what we voted for, we'll get good things out of Trump. 
Absolutely. No, that's totally true. That's why even I say from, there's a lot of people, I mean, people are saying all types of stuff, but on even uh, I get people who argue and yell at me sometimes and call me names. But overall, it's like, I don't understand what the blame. I do believe it is like a manifestation in the sense of like, you get what you put out. And with Trump or America, how am I going to be? This is, I've known for a decade we've been off course and people are like, oh my God, something's wrong. It's been wrong. You just realized it now because it got so crazy that it's unavoidable. And people are like, Trump, I'm like, dude, this is you like <laughs> drinking fluoride for a 10. I don't want to get into that, but you know what I mean? Metaphorically or whatever. I talk about, I talk about in my book actually how a PhD, uh, one of these top guys, one of these institutes was saying fluoride is actually one of the top causes of cancer. And, and when you were saying earlier, the science is all doctored, I have a quote from the editor-in-chief of The Lancet saying that essentially half of the studies nowadays are just done for money and they're unreliable. And so- Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of money and a lot of lobby involvement. We talk about a lot of the same stuff. And I think uh, your audience would love my book. I got I to gotta, I gotta push the book. Not, yeah, do not, it. Not for the shekels, but for the actual <laughs> content. My book is the most educational book that you could read that's written like like Harry Potter. It's such a page turner. It's yeah. just a good story. It's the story of what happened to me. Don't tase me, bro. And it's a story of what the news tried to put on me that was fake and the real story behind the scenes. And I weave in all the real story that's going on in the news right now. It's such a page turner. If you already know what's going on, you'll enjoy it for the story and you'll learn a few things. If you if you have no idea what's going on, if you're blue pilled, this book will red pill people faster than anything besides Mike Cernovich's documentary hoaxed. Mm. Yeah, no, you're allowed to make money too. It's all right. Don't let them bully you into thinking that Jewish people can't make money. That's oh, no. anti-Semitism. That's anti-Semitism <laughs> when you're like, yo, now you're now you're gonna be unemployed because you're like, I don't want to fit a stereotype, so I yeah, can't right. sell my book. It's like, nah, you got everyone comes on here and pushes something. Got it. Got to got to promote. If you don't promote yourself, nobody else will. And I just like I like throwing that out there because a lot of times when you're in the independent media on YouTube nowadays, I mean there are a lot of comments. So I know that there's people. I'm, I'm not reading the comments right now, but I'm sure somebody said like Jew, Jew, Jew. I'm sure there's at least five people saying that. So I like to throw that out there because it's like defanging I, what they're saying. Like, oh yeah. no, I I get it crazy heavy because one I slightly talk about it, but it's mostly because of I'm on Owen stream a lot and Owen shouts me out a lot and Owen is like leading the charge. You know he he'll go on a three hour stream. And it's hilarious because, dude, oh, everything, Owen, even when Owen, he'll like make fun of me. He's like, and I almost got to step hanging out with Satanists. I think it's hilarious. Like, I, I, we were texting the other day, but I really think, well, I'll give you one more thing to end it. Thank you for coming on. I think that was great. You came with uh, so much good stuff and so much good info that this is the thing people, I think people hate too much where it's like, you got to, you know, Andrew said a lot of stuff and some things that people probably never have heard that are very, very valid and are totally part of the power structure that is um, not helping or, or that's just there, whether you think it's good or bad. So take the wisdom, take the knowledge when you're too hateful and you're too like filled with anger and fear. I feel like that's when you don't retain information and you become like an NPC on the left or the right where you just say like, listen, because there's a lot of great stuff. And uh, also I will, if you're down, I'll text Owen today. I think a you and Owen uh, Jewish slash whatever Owen is doing debate would be not only hilarious, but well needed because even with Owen, I'm like, I, I he's he's so on it, but I think it would be great for him to have a. He did a debate with a, on the moon, I think, on Infowars. He was telling me I only saw part of it, but like, you know, he's he's on it, and he I think he's down. Like he's like he would probably love it just as much as you. So 
Let's I, do it. Make make history. I think I think he needs someone to have a conversation with that isn't going to get offended, but that also sees some things that he doesn't because he's talking as an outsider of the Jewish community. I'm inside. I see everything. Well, he's a quarter. Outside. He's a quarter Jew, so he that's why he gets away with it. It's it's twenty five percent right. Yeah, I get I get it, but listen. <laughs> The amount of times uh, he's been to a synagogue in his life, I would bet he could count them on both hands. Okay, he's probably been for a, a, some of his friends' uh, bar mitzvahs or something. Yeah, probably know. not. But, no, he probably, yeah, he's not really do like I've you're the seen, real deal. I've seen the good and the bad that he hasn't seen, and I want to I want to flesh out the conversation that he's having, and hopefully, uh, you know, bring bring everything to the middle. No, for sure. That's I, I think it's great that you're willing to do that. And I think he will too. And honestly, there's he said like among all his rants, he'll always say too that there's like other power influences. It's just he's I think it's because, you know, he'll call it a sacred cow, but it's why I've gotten more interested in it too. When you're they say you can't say something, it's like the kid in the candy store where it's like, all right, now I gotta talk about this for two months. Like, you know, <laughs> even when people don't listen to me with Ilhan Omar, I was like, guys, it's easier in tech talk format because then me and you were like, Oh, we actually agree on most of our things. We just like, cause I'm like, yeah, for sure. She doesn't like, I'm not, that's what people are like, normally you think, no, I absolutely think she hates Jews and white people. Like, I don't, I don't, but how am I, how can I prove that? Or also like, what can we do about it? So overall, uh, it's good to have these. I'll, we'll, we'll make the Owen thing happen. That would be very legendary. I'm here with, he, he said in, in, on Twitter, he said, announced me as living legend, Andrew Mayer. But I was like, we got to see first if it's legendary, but maybe they can get a don't taste me, bro, too. Someone said, is he from the meme? He is. And I, I got to rewatch it now. And I'm going to laugh so much harder because it's you. So any last words? And Andrew Mayer, thank, or Meyer. Meyer? Yeah, Meyer. All right. So uh, thank you for coming. That was great. And uh, yeah. I don't think you'll laugh when you rewatch. If you watch the original video, and I have um a cut of it, actually. If you go on my Twitter, twitter.com slash Andrew Meyer. Okay. I have I have a trailer for my book and part of it includes the original video of me questioning John Kerry and you watch it and it's me asking him about skull and bones, asking him why didn't he uh, actually try and impeach Bush when he was talking about invading Iran because I didn't want another war. And you watch me ask these real questions and you watch me get arrested and then tasered. It's not funny. And then I, right after I get tasered, I have the clip of John Kerry, uh, John Stewart saying on Comedy Central, uh, that what I was doing is student douchebaggery. And he's got this big smirk on his face. Like what he said is so funny. And it's just like- They framed back. you, brother. They, you got they, fake they, news. They wanted to make it a joke because I was destroying the matrix, okay? Did, did that red pill you or you were already kind of, cause you were working for We Are Change, right? So you already kind of knew what it I was. Wasn't with, I wasn't with We Are Change at that time yet. I was already campaigning for Ron Paul. I knew that John Kerry was a fraud. That's why I was so mad. I had voted for him because I wanted to end the wars. And then mm. I found out he was a fraud. I was so mad. And then he's coming to campus to speak. It was unbelievable. It was like divine providence that that happened so I could go ask him real questions. And if you're going to set something up with Owen, I'm going to throw out a little tidbit uh, to finish on Ilhan too. The, go look up the only tweet that Ilhan Omar has made from either of her two accounts with the word Christian. The only tweet she has with the word Christian in it is she's trying to blame some terrorist attack on Christians. That's the only tweet where she has the word Christian in it. So, you know, people people should know that there's an agenda bigger than Jews. And Owen, Oh Owen, no, she absolutely doesn't like Christians. I don't I don't doubt that for a second. Owen knows this. Owen is a nuanced guy. I've heard him talk before. I don't think that he's a you know, he's he's unaware of a lot of what's going on. But I do want to have that real nuanced conversation. I appreciate no. it. 
I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna read one comment real quick and then we'll roll out. I just think it's funny. Tyrannosaurus Rex said, Andrew is okay, but I don't think I'll be following him. I'll stick with Anomaly for a while and see how he comes along. So Tyrannosaurus Rex, I mean, some people thought it was a great podcast. I just think it's funny. He's like, Andrew's okay. Anomaly's all right. We'll see how it works out. So Tyrannosaurus, let me know how I do, brother. You can follow me. See if I I live up to your 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 mid level standards. <laughs> I just thought that was good. Yeah, r- really, uh, really cutting criticism. You hurt me, bro. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, he tased uh, you. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch that and not laugh. I'm gonna cry this time. Thank you, Andrew. Thank God you. bless. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. Make America debate again.